Person by Chris Heath, starring Sue Vincent and Chris Heath. Episode 3 Oof, it is not very nice out there, Hobson. Glad we're safely tucked up at home for the night. Now then, I have returned from the co-op resplendent with treats. Hobson? Where are you? Hobson? Hello, Matthew. <sighs> you seem jumpy, Matthew. What are you doing? You scared the crap out of me. Are you ready to play a game? Oh, no. It's not guess which room I've shat in, is it? No, of course not. That's much more fun when you don't know you're playing. Yes, I bet it is. No, tonight we're going to play Where the Fuck Is My Dinner? That sounds more like a threat of violence than a game. How perceptive you are, Matthew. Chop, chop. Yes, all right, I'll do it in a minute. I've just been at the shop getting food for both of us. Tasty treats for Hobson. Kendall's kitty treats? Oh, yes. The lamb-flavoured twisty ones? Uh, uh, no, they're the beef-flavoured curly ones. I don't like the beef ones. Well, they're the same, aren't they? There is a whole world of difference, Matthew. Jesus Christ, you are hopeless. All right, I just forgot, that's all. I bet you didn't forget to buy yourself a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, I did forget, actually. Then what is this? Well, it's a bottle of bourbon. But I had forgotten, and then the girl at the checkout reminded me. The one you fancy? Yeah. It was a bit embarrassing. She pointed at the whiskey shelf and said, Haven't you forgotten your usual? <sighs> That's not good, is it? No, it wasn't ideal. Felt like a bit of a red flag. Mm, I can see how it might. I think I'm going to have to make some changes. For starters, I shall have to start buying whiskey at the petrol station. Ah, yes, the perfect solution, Matthew. Yeah, and then I could tell her I've quit the booze because I'm on a health kick. She'd like that. I think the contents of this bag may fly in the face of what constitutes a health kick, Matthew. Possibly so, yes. You've bought five chocolate oranges. Yeah, but that's for the whole weekend. And what else have you got in it? Ooh, party nibbles. That's right, Hobson. I'm single and ready to Pringle. And Frazzle. And Quaver. And Hula Hoop. And Monster Munch. And Scampy Fries and and Pork Scratchings. What a multicultural evening. So, what are we celebrating tonight? Ooh, don't know. Let me just check. Well, according to today's Google Doodle... It's Isambard Kingdom Brunel's 216th birthday. Is it too late to send him a moon pig card? Possibly, yes. And was there anything else in the bag? Of course, Hobson. There you are. What is this? It's Dindins. It's the one you like, with the gravy. Matthew, just so you know, I hate this and I won't be eating any. But it's the one you like, it's your favourite. My favourite is the one with the jelly. You had this one every day last week and you bloody wolfed it down. Firstly, Matthew, don't use that expression, please. It's vulgar. All right, sorry, you enjoyed it all. Well, obviously my palate has become more refined since then because now I like the jelly one. OK, well, I've got a tin of catikins somewhere, I think. That's got jelly in it. Catikins? That's the cheap one. I'm not eating the cheap one. Hobson, they all taste the same. That one on the adverts doesn't. The one with the pedigree cat in that penthouse with the posh lady. You've never tried that one? No, because you've never bought it for me. Well, that's because it's about £14.99 for a tin the size of a bath plug. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. 
I suppose I'll just have to fill up on biscuits, as usual. Jesus, Hobson. You are the most ungrateful cat on earth and with zero justification. Even for a cat, you've got the easiest life of anyone I know. You sleep all day, I feed you, keep you warm, give you head scratches and fuss, even though you bite me. Christ, the other day I even put a little sprig of parsley on your food as a treat. And what did you do? You spat it out on my pillow. Actually, in fairness, that was some sick with grass in it. Oh, good. That's much worse. I've never known a more pampered, more ungrateful cat. I would love to swap places with you in your easy life. You haven't got the first clue what my life has been like, Matthew. Oh, do me a favour. What, have you found a pee under your mattress? Just for once, let me tell you about my ex, shall I? Your ex? What do you mean, that big ginger tomcat? No. Don't you remember where you found me, Matthew? Of course I do. Middleton Rescue Centre. And did it never occur to you to ask how I might have ended up there? Well, yeah, but you never said. Before you, Matthew, right from being a kitten, I lived with a lady named Jessie. Jessie Martin. She was very old and very kind. Well, that's good, isn't it? She sounds lovely. She was, and she had the most comfortable lap. She used to call it the best seat in the house, and it was too. We used to sit in her front room and watch snooker for hours. You never watched a motor racing with me. That's because of the noise, Matthew. It's like being trapped inside a biscuit tin with a million wasps. Fair enough. Each to their own. Carry on. Every day at five o'clock, she'd go and prepare our evening meal in time for the afternoon quizzes. And she'd put a bowl on the rug in front of the fire so we could eat together. I bet you'd have eaten the one with the gravy if she'd given it to you. Probably, Matthew. Because she gave me a clean bowl every day, rather than just chip off the bigger bits of yesterday's food, then pour on today's slop. Oh, well, pardon me. I think most of all, I'd look forward to Saturday evenings. She'd always make it feel like an occasion. She'd go upstairs, change into an evening dress, and fetch out a dress collar for me. Navy blue one. Velvet. A dress collar? It was our little ceremony. She'd get all glammed up and we'd watch all the big Saturday night shows. She'd make herself a gin and tonic and give me a little bit of Baileys on a saucer. Baileys? You old lush. Then she'd put some cheesy biscuits and mini gherkins into little bowls and arrange everything on a card table in front of her armchair. Then she'd say, Come on, Hobson. Time for our dancing show. And was it her that named you Hobson? Yeah the middle name of her late husband, John. She talked to me about him all the time. She used to say he was a stallion of a man. So she was on her own then, was she? For the most part. Her son Austin used to come round once a week to check up on her. I never liked him. Creepy. Well, he'd have to be with a name like Austin. And then, over the course of a few weeks one summer, she suddenly seemed to get very much older, all at once. Which was fine, we just couldn't sit out in the garden as much as we used to. Sometimes, she'd have little accidents on the sofa when she was asleep. And she was so proud, I know that she would have been mortified. So I'd do a wee, right next to her. And then when she woke up, she'd think it was me that did it. That's surprisingly kind of you, Hobson. I think she probably knew, though. She'd started to sleep a lot more. In the daytime, used to call them her power naps. And then, one afternoon in the autumn, halfway through an episode of Storage Wars, 
I noticed that she'd fallen asleep. And even though she'd done that a thousand times before, I knew. I knew it was different. And then I was all alone. And I didn't know what to do. So I just stayed there for as long as I could. Until all the warmth had gone out of her. And then it was me keeping her warm. And I stayed there for hours. Because I knew when I got off her lap, she'd really be gone. I, I mean, I know she was gone, but really be gone. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Hobson. How long were you alone for? Felt like months. But I think it was a day and a night before Austin came round for his Sunday visit. He let himself in and found us both in the living room. He didn't say anything. Just stared for ages. But then he got his phone out and made a few calls. One to Jesse's doctor and one to his wife. Then one to a skip hire company. I was crouched under the coffee table out of his way. I could see him stretching up to measure the window frames and then drop some measurements down on a little scrap of paper. Measuring up to renovate? Jesse and I had seen enough episodes of Homes Under the Hammer to know he'd be fitting cheap uplighting and mixer taps within the week. And about an hour later, the front door crashes open and these two men walk in. Austin points under the table where I'm hiding and they grab me and put me into this cage that's lined with newspaper. Let's think I know I'm in the back of a van and we're driving hell for leather round all these sharp corners. And I'm just there, sliding about, staring down at the newspaper at the bottom of the cage. I'll never forget. There was a photo of a family who just won the lottery. And I remember staring at all the grinning faces as the van lurched around each new corner. You must have been terrified. Yeah, I was. Then we arrived at the rescue centre. Oh, thank goodness. They were lovely people at that centre. Yeah, they were. But, Matthew, you don't know that when you first arrive. It just looked like a stark, antiseptic prison with all these buzzing strip lights that dry out your eyeballs and rows and rows of miserable-looking cats all wailing and shitting and hissing. They do a very good job in there, Hobson. I mean, they're all volunteers. I know that too. The lovely people. And after a while, you realise you're totally safe. But however kind they are, you've just been ripped away from the life you know without a word of warning. I can't imagine how that must have felt. I'm so sorry, Hobson. Right. Imagine you're eight years old. You've just got back from school. You've had your tea and you're halfway through your favourite cartoon. Danger Mouse. OK, Danger Mouse. You're safe and happy. There's some ice cream defrosting on the kitchen counter. What flavour? Don't matter. Can it be Neapolitan? Yes. OK. But then the doorbell goes. Someone kicks your door in, hurls you into a cage, drives you off in a van and throws you in a prison without a word. Your first thought is never going to be. At least the guards are friendly. So how long were you there before I came and found you? I was there for nine months. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. That just seems like forever seeing what a lovely cat you are. Well, I'm no spring chicken, am I, Matthew? The families that come in want younger cats with sweet dispositions who don't look grumpy. But then, 
after what seemed like a lifetime, you came in. And you seemed quite taken with me. I was. And then your fortunes changed forever, eh? Didn't they? Well, you're a bit of a disappointment, Matthew. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. But you've been okay, and I'd rather be here than lots of other places. I'll try my best, Obsom. And listen, if it makes a difference, don't forget that you've saved me as much as I saved you. Oh, you're not so bad, Matthew. And listen, for the record, it wasn't always sunshine and roses with Jessie. Oh, really? How come? Well, for a start, she was really racist. Oh dear, that's not good, is it? Plus, sometimes she used to dress me up in her late husband's clothes and talk dirty to me. Oh God, really? Yeah. I never got the anger wearing his glasses, but I do miss the taste of his pipe. It tasted like Christmas. Hobson? Yes? Do you want some fuss? No. But I tell you what I'd love. What's that? My bloody dinner. No problem, Hobson. Um, you haven't got a little drop of Bailey's, have you? Cat Person starred Sue Vincent as Hobson and Chris Heath as Matthew. Music and sound design by Simon Russell and the script editor was Adam McLean.